Hello everyone, you're listening to the Let Us Golf podcast with me, Olivia Bothamley-Dakin. This is the show where we chat to golfers from the LT Access series, present and past, about life on the tour, the latest news, but also learn more about who they are and their golfing journey. We have one more week till the next tournament on this series, being the Flimsburg Ladies Open, starting on the Friday the 12th of May in Gams, Switzerland. I, for one, am counting down the days till our players and me are back out there. But for now, I am delighted that we have the Tour's Scottish double act. You don't normally see one without the other. Tara McTaggart and Hannah McCook joining the pod this week. Aberdeen-born Hannah is always a fun presence on tour with six top tens on the LAT Access series and coming in second at the Montaubyne Ladies Open last year. She is always one to watch. Now voted by our tour director as one of the funniest players on tour, Tara Mataggart turned pro in September 2021 and has since recorded three top tens on tour. Both are currently competing at some of the Rose Ladies Series events whilst there was a short break on tour, so I caught up with them whilst they were in London for a chat. Hi guys, welcome to the Let Us Golf podcast. How are you both? Yeah, good, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know you going to answer good, first, but yeah, all good. Thanks time. for having us. Yeah. Very welcome. What have you guys been getting up to since France? We have been on our week-long tour of London. Um, Do a few trips up and down the motorway. A few trips up and down the motorway. Um, but no, we've been playing Rose Series um, at Wentworth, Bearwood and... On Tuesday at the Grove, so that's why we're back down in Londonshire. Let's talk about Terra Blanche. How was um Terra Blanche for you guys? I'll start with you, Hannah. I know, of, according to your Twitter, it was Affa Windy. <laughs> yeah, good well old said. Scottish word for you there. Um, yeah, I mean, it was obviously windy for everyone. It was quite interesting. It was um not obviously the most streamlined tournament that anyone would have wished for, but um. It was fun to kind of battle with every form of wind direction you could find. And I think for me personally, it was the hardest thing on the greens. I actually hit the ball really well, but it was nine over through nine holes. So it was quite an interesting place to be. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> these things, you know, everyone had to deal with it. So it's kind of the same for everyone, but it wasn't wasn't the most enjoyable for tournament for anyone, probably. And Tara, talk me through your Tara Blanche time. Um, yeah, sort of. Pretty similar to Hannah there. Um, I think it's just, it was just so brutally difficult in that wind and with a swirling wind on a bit of a tight golf course, you sort of spend the winter prepping for these events for then you to go out and kind of all that prep goes out the window and it's basically about survival, <laughs> really. Um, but yeah, on the greens, it was just um, like near on impossible mm-hmm. and it was literally the best word for it I came off was just survival. <laughs> And I think everybody, the girls I played with, um, we sort of were all in the same boat in that sense. So it's kind of just one to just forget about, move on and just forget about the adventure of that. <laughs> Moving on, we've obviously got Flimsaberg. So that's exciting. How are you guys feeling about that tournament? Yeah, it better be warm. It better be warm. At least it's, <laughs> it's dead flat. Um, it's always been warm before. The views are pretty amazing um and they look after us really well so yeah quite excited actually yeah it was one of my favorite tournaments last year so looking forward to going back do you guys enjoy the the match play format i mean this is the first time 
Well, I, I was there in 2019, I think it was, when it was matched way before. But I missed the cut, so <laughs> I can't really not, ideal. not really say how much that was. Um, I quite enjoyed the match format in Sweden last year. Um, it does obviously make it harder for anyone to make the cut because there's smaller fields make it and things. But it is quite exciting. It kind of brings back to some amateur days when we were playing a lot of match play. Um, but in another way, it's kind of hard to like someone wins over nine holes. It's quite hard to tell who really was the better golfer because it's over so quickly. Um. So you've got to get off to a really good start. Otherwise, you're scraping around four or five holes hoping for the best. Yeah. It's kind of one of those nine-hole sort of shootout match play. You just have to kind of go out, be aggressive, and literally at the end of the day, you've got, what, five holes to try yeah. and make a match out of it. And it's kind of – I think that's why Rose Series is quite a good sort of lead-up to it because Rose Series one-day shootouts, you just kind of go at everything – play aggressively and if it doesn't work and it doesn't, doesn't work. work it doesn't work like it's one run show at the end of the day whereas that's what's kind of fun about the nine hole match plays you just just go with everything right I'm gonna go back to the beginning from when you first both started like playing golf and you picked up a club start with you Tara where did your golfing journey start my golfing journey started at a lovely little golf course called Minto in the Borders, which is in the south of Scotland, where I grew up, uh, near a town called Hoyk. Um, six holes on a Friday night um, with chips and cheese after in the clubhouse. Um, so it was really chips and cheese. I was there for the chips yeah. and cheese and thought, I'm actually okay, I can hit the ball. All right. <laughs> um, but no, I just played there. Um, and then obviously then sort of from there, started playing for the club, playing for the county, then sort of went into under 14s girls, under 16s girls, and then it kind of just took off from there, really getting my first Scotland cap at the under 16s, and then from there I thought, oh, I might just hang about. <laughs> and then, so glad I did, and then obviously went on to uh, get a scholarship to Stirling University. Um, and yeah, kind of, that would be the sort of the standard route of like going through junior golf is what I'd say I came through. And Hannah, what about you? Where did your golfing journey start? Um, I actually started in Aberdeen. So I was born in Aberdeen. I lived there until I was six. But it was actually that summer when I turned six that my parents bought my older brother and I a seven iron and putter from John Lewis because my mum worked there. So she got a nice little bit of discount um, and took us to par three course, did a few laps. And then we moved to a village called Nettie Bridge near Aviemore. And where our parents were building a house in my grandpa's field across the road from a nine-hole golf course called Abernethy. And obviously it was the summer, so my brother and I were a little bit young to kind of put up walls and build a house. So we went over to the golf club and just did laps of nine holes all summer long with a few other friends, um, just kept on playing. And then basically from there, just obviously started playing county things and junior Scottish things and then just kept on going. Yeah, so there's quite a group of us actually when we were kids though. There's my brother and myself and then Callum Hill, who's won on DP World Tour, Bruce Mowat, who's an Olympic curler world champion just a few weeks ago, um, and their brothers. So we there was a squad of us, me and all the boys, that basically every day we'd meet up in the summer holidays and just play laps and probably have chips and cheese at lunch as well, to be honest. So <laughs> here we That's go. Yeah. Is there no club sandwiches in Scotland? 
That's well posh. That's posh for our kind of clubs that we came from. No, yeah. <laughs> now the clubs we came from was kind of we had a caterer kind of from like April to October and then during the winter it was shut all <laughs> shut the whole time. So it was someone would come in and make a couple of sandwiches, a few cheese toasties and away you went. I don't think I'd be here if I ordered a club sandwich <laughs> at like 10 years old. <laughs> you, I am over right in thinking that you guys both went to the same university. We did. We did, yeah. We did. Is that how you met? Well, no, it's not actually. To be honest, we... So I'm two years older than Tara, but we met back in the day in a Scottish golf what well, was Scottish Ladies Golf Association at the time, Prospects Junior Squad, winter 2007. Back in the day. So you're probably back in the day. <laughs> you would see a photo of us now and probably not even recognise us. That's when trespass fleeces were cool. Yeah. <laughs> that was the way forward. So we were in a squad there together and then, well, there was about eight or nine of us, maybe. Yeah. And then we've known each other since then and then grew up playing junior stuff together and then I went to Sterling, and then I'm going to say I was influenced in Tara, and Tara came along two years later. And then here we are here now. So Yeah, and we were in the same team for two, two years. years. Yeah. Because you were in third year when I came into first year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've known each other for a long time, unfortunately, for Tara. That's where our love kindled. <laughs> <laughs> you can crop that out. <laughs> and what was university like? Playing golf, studying... Um, sort of Sterling challenged the norm of going across to America. Um, it was kind of people who were in the team at Sterling were all kind of under the same consensus. Well, at least I was that you didn't have to go to America mm-hmm. to to make it. Um, and that's why I chose Sterling. I'm a I'm a homebird myself, so going across to the states was just not when everybody else around me was going out there. I was kind of the odd one out of going. I kind of don't want to go but I want to play golf so that's where Sterling came into the mix and offered everything and more that I needed the best of both worlds that we went on winter training camps out to Dubai we played Orange Blossom Tour in America in January got so many trips out of it as well as being able to stay on home ground like don't get me wrong the weather in the winter was pretty horrific um on Wednesday afternoons practicing but like I said it just that offered the perfect place of if you didn't want to go to the States. Um, and I wouldn't take it back for a second. It was best four years of my life. That mm-hmm. was. Yeah, I think it just personally it kind of gave like the golf part of it was obviously good, but it kind of gave you the blend of being a normal student as well. Mm-hmm. We like we had gym practice together and practice together. We do social things together, but but we all kind of lived apart. And did our own mm-hmm. thing with our own group of friends and then came together to play golf. So I think we kind of left uni ready to keep going. And I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, it's not slating American unis and stuff. But there's a lot of girls that we grew up with at the same time that don't necessarily play anymore because they kind of got a little bit sick of it, possibly. So I feel like for us, it was beneficial. that We kind of got to live as normal students, but also had a sport, uh, golf scholarship on the side and become golfers at the same time. was like becoming a professional golfer something you wanted from a young age um for me it was and then 
in all honesty, sort of going to Sterling, playing competitively, like my golf was pretty much struggled all the way through uni. And I just thought like, is this, is golf really, I personally didn't think I was good enough when I was at uni. I wasn't really like competing enough and just lost a bit of confidence in it. So when I left uni, it was kind of, you have to make the decision, what are you going to do? So I decided to start work as well as just play amateur golf on my own terms. And then after that, sort of the reality of becoming a pro made me want to do it again. And the thought of being a professional was exciting again, whereas, yeah, you know, it just, I struggled personally. It wasn't, I was given every opportunity given to me, but it just wasn't really happening for me at that time. Yeah, I mean, I, when I was a young, I was young, I was fortunate. I basically did every sport under the sun. I lived, I lived in a village that everything was, it was kind of there. My school was, my parents were fortunate that we could try things. Um, so I skied for most of my childhood a lot. Um, and I always thought I'll be an Olympic skier until my parents basically turned around one day and said that it was, ironically, it was too expensive, which it is. It's ridiculous. But then obviously I'm like, well, I'll play golf instead. And how funny like that is just silly. But um. So I then at that point I was like oh, I don't know if I'll be a professional golfer but I always need something like to work towards, mm-hmm. um, and then I went to uni and I was somewhere to Tara I left uni, not ready to turn pro at all and knowing that I kind of wanted to do it at some point but wasn't ready, and everyone spoke to me going oh you'll know when you're ready you'll know and I'm like how do you know when you're ready though and suddenly at the end of 2018 I was like oh my goodness, you do mm-hmm. know and it, this was three years after I graduated as well that I finally went to Q school and, and made that transition. So I think we were probably both a bit more patient and that's mm-hmm. why we're both in our late, well, I'm certainly in my late twenties now and <laughs> a bit older and turning pro than a, a lot of the girls are now. Yeah. Just like we weren't ready. Like yeah. I wasn't ready at the time, but. Personally and golf wise, yeah. it wasn't the right time to do it. So you kind of, you do get to the point that you realize, oh no, yeah, let's turn pro. And suddenly there you go. That's interesting. Like coming into the sport at later, age compared to like a lot of the girls I speak to um, and it just shows that like you it's never too late no no not at all I remember going to my first under 16 Scottish Open actually and being a little bit terrified to get out of the car because everybody knew each other yeah and I said to mum going they all know each other and she's like you'll soon get to know them I was like oh, they're all speaking they're friends <laughs> I don't know anyone I'm the random with yeah, my trespass I'm the random <laughs> from the highlands that's traveled miles to get here and I know nobody um but your mum was right you soon get to learn who each person is and make friends for life obviously as Tara and I still sit here friendly do we (laughs) yeah (laughs) and let's talk about uh life on Lettas on the LT Access series um you spoke there about like making friends um for you guys like how important is having like each other as the support on on your on the same tour um pretty massively actually um I'm I kind of always need to be around people um and being around someone like Tara that I've known for years and years and I know what makes her happy and not happy (laughs) and she knows what makes me happy and not happy it makes a world of difference as well just being able to you know you come off the course you know one one of us isn't a good day and you know whether to speak to them or not I mean you're going to obviously but just give them a bit of space and all these little things of you kind of know how each other ticks and things and you get to know that with other girls as well as you play all season with them and stay with other girls and whatever um 
people say to me, oh, tour life must be lonely. And fortunately for us, it's not that we've got such a big group of us mm-hmm. and the access to her is like a big family. So everyone would look out for each other if there was a problem, fortunately. Yeah, like for me having Hannah, it's just always that almost like a comfort blanket for me that if I know like I've had a bad day that I've like I've got somebody to talk to there and then and somebody who un- who understands it like exactly um just somebody to confide in and just she'll always know how to put a smile on my face or always know to give me a minute and um, it's just so important like I don't know what I'd do without you <laughs> I hope you feel the same <laughs> Better shed some tears. It's like come on away there. <laughs> now, Tara, is, Stuart, is it Stuart who's your dad, Tara? Oh, he'll love this. He's in this podcast. <laughs> he's our number one, I think, engager on our Instagram and socials. Oh, wow, go on, Stu. That doesn't surprise me, to be honest. Well done, Stu. But I, I want to shout out to him for the support. He, is he well a big done, part Stu. of your? golf life because I know he travels with you and stuff yeah um for sure he's the first person I went to when the I thought about wanting to turn pro and he was the first person to say go and do it and like I said like with Hannah obviously I can confide in her but also I'm extremely close to my dad that he's not a pushy parent at all it's more forget about it, have a glass of rosé and crack on to the next day kind of vibe, which is exactly what I need. That's how I play my best, knowing that he's not going to shout at me for whatever I've done on the golf course. Um, and yeah, he he had a very intense job sort of selling racehorses, but to now see him just enjoying his time with me on tour makes me very happy as well. That's really sweet. I feel like women golfers often like their dads influence them often in the sport and I feel like there's always a bond I don't know if that's just a generic trend yeah a bond Mm. yeah a bond huge to have somebody in your corner that out with golf is there for you no matter what so oh I'm being really cute to stay it's nice to hear because he deserves it he does he does yeah that's his minute of fame right there Stu's getting tagged in this it's gone viral Stu (laughs) Definitely will tag him. And Hannah, you have type 1 diabetes, right? Um, I do. How is that on tour life? Um, You know, there's a lot of time I'll just say it's fine and it's easy and it's whatever but it's not um I mean if I spoke about it long enough I'd probably get emotional about it but I think just I think because every day is so different between like for everyone not just for someone that's diabetic you know we've got a different tea time we've got different weather we've got different stress levels all these things are different for any normal human being trying to compete but trying to do that whilst your body yeah, I'm fortunate I can still do what I do and I'm not going to say, I'm, you know, it's horrendous and all these things. But whilst your body doesn't fully work <laughs> and I've got to use other things to make it work, it makes it even harder because at the end of the day, it's, I'm taking insulin, which is obviously a hormone and things. So it's 
everything affects my blood sugars from what time I'll eat breakfast, what I have from breakfast, what the weather's like, how nervous I am, how tired I am, what I've done 40 hours in advance, what I'm going to be eating on the golf course, how hilly the golf course is. All these things make a massive difference to what my blood glucose levels are during the day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting at times. It's quite funny looking sometimes how bad I've controlled it during the day. <laughs> um, but as I keep saying, I mean, it could be way worse. I could be stuck at home, not be able to do anything. So I'm always quite glad I can rely on the new technology and still do what I want to do. And I Am I right in thinking that uh, you thought diabetes at first might hold you back um, from like doing professional sport? Yeah. Um, so I was eight and a half when I was diagnosed. Um, and I got told I had diabetes. I had no idea what it was. I mean, I'm sitting in a doctor's surgery in Granton, like looking at mum, like, <laughs> what does that mean? And she looked a little bit emotional, but obviously being a mum was very strong. Um, and basically, I then got put in an ambulance and taken to hospital. Um, and I was like, what does this mean? I can't do anything. I didn't, didn't speak to mum and dad when they were in the hospital with me for, I think it was two days. I didn't say a word. I was like in denial about everything. I just sat there and yeah, I don't know what I did really, apart from I had to eat this pea and ham soup that to this day still gives me PTSD about it. Um, and then mum, I think mum or dad came in one morning and they sat down, well they both sat down and they basically said, you know Sir Steve Redgrave and I'd watched him at Sydney Olympics in 2000 winning his fifth gold medal. They're like, I was like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, he's also diabetic. I was like, and apparently I just smiled and looked at them and said, well, he's my twin. And then from that moment, I was fine. Well, not fine, obviously, but I was like, well, if he can do it, I suppose I can do it. So I went back to school like the week later and was straight into PE and I had to have a little Mars bar before I started. But I'm like, I'm fine. Look at me go. You're the one going, look, I can have a Mars bar. Yeah, exactly. All my friends are so jealous. I'm like, I should get biscuits at lunchtime. <laughs> Oh, you made me, I just got a tear then when you said, like, that's my twin. Oh. <laughs> emotional. No, genuinely. Um, <laughs> I control myself. Um, my mum is emotional to listen to this, because whenever we go back and talk about it, we kind of both get a little bit emotional at times, just because, you know, as a mum, and my dad, obviously, but my mum was in the hospital with me for the four days, five days I was there. You know, they, they kind of blame themselves for things like that, and it's it's not obviously their fault. It's just the way my body's developed um but I'm like well, don't get upset look what I can still do and what I've done so and then she just gets emotional how how much I have done with it so and then I'll get emotional oh my goodness <laughs> so. and am I right in thinking you had to take a year off for uh, hip surgery as well yeah broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 2021 so I missed so I turned pro played 2019 and then missed 2020 because of covid and obviously being diabetic and having COVID, I didn't really know how that would go down. So I didn't travel anywhere. And then March 21, I had surgery on my left hip. So I missed the whole of that season as well. Um, and that was obviously quite a roller coaster of emotions as well. But got through that and got back on tour last year, which was which was good. Definitely. Now you got a short, like, that was quite emotional. But we'll, now we're going to do some like funny moments. Oh, have you got any good stories to share from tour from each other or Scottish players in general or just the tour? 
There's all, I mean, we've got lots of lots of funny moments. We kind, I've kind of got a note on my phone that I'm gonna. I I've, I kind of started writing a bit during my hip surgery, um, and I've got a note on my phone of all these, like one line of a story that something's happened with us that I'm gonna go back and write them down so we get to like. 15, 60 years old and we can still remember them all. <laughs> I would hate to get to that old and be like, oh, do you remember yeah. this? And one of us doesn't. Um, I think just, I don't know. Taz winds me up all the time. You wind me up. <laughs> no, I think, I think when you go. Oh, we we have a lot of like funny times. I think that's a big thing of it. We just make each other laugh all the time is what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of things that we'd find hilarious that you'd have to be there to know probably. Like we tell a story and feel like that is not funny. And I'm creasing. And we're creasing ourselves, like crying, laughing. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to think now. Recent, it's kind of hard being put on the spot with that. Recent stories. I think just so we were in Alain, so near Dubai <laughs> in January. Um, we were invited back out with Stirling University for their winter training camp, and we obviously would say yes to two weeks in the sun rather than being in Scotland. And we were sharing a cart one day and we're just driving along and we were just having this discussion, you know, how everyone's got this inward of the ick of each other now, you know, all this stuff. So something like it's not that you don't like about them, but it's just like the you, ick. You it's just like a bit like a oh, Yeah. Of so we <laughs> get out of this bag of salt and vinegar peanuts, which are, by the way, amazing. And Taz just looks at me and goes, That gives me the ick. You eating salt and vinegar peanuts. That is my ick of you. Yeah, I mean... You ate them, like, in front of my face. It's because they're so good. I'm like, it's all, like, it was all <laughs> over your fingers, all... Oh, it's stuck. Oh, no. The ick. So now I was like, that's one thing I don't like about you is your salt and vinegar peanuts. So now every time I get salt and vinegar peanuts... You're not allowed to open them anywhere near me. And I don't, because I'm such a good friend. Yeah. And Just... what's your ick of mine? So, Taz has no sauce with anything she eats. No sauce. Like, no sauce. No sauce. Like plain as it comes. So dry. you know, as you travel, you dry, like, dry, driest of the dry. I can't explain. Look of it. Like you go into I McDonald's. enjoy it. So why would I have something that I don't enjoy just because it's? I'm gonna say the word moist. <laughs> <laughs> why would I have that if I don't enjoy it? It's just like, like in a subway, I'm ordering plain chicken with cucumber <sighs> and tomato on just white bread. Thank you very much. That's good. And then the lady's going, any sauce? Any cheese? Any this, that, or the other? And it's like, no, it's just, just not like okay. that. It's just not okay, though. Yeah, I'm shocked. My, my opinion's gone down, Tara. Can't I? Ooh, what was that? <laughs> Her opinion's gone down. <laughs> I, I just love condiments. I love condiments. Oh, me too. Like, how I, can you not? I mean, it's a bit grim. It's very British, so a lot of people might not know what it is, but I have salad cream with pretty much everything, and it... Oh, no. Everyone. <laughs> My boyfriend, Sean, does that, and I look at him and like, the disgust every time. He'll have this meal, and he'll just be like... <laughs> when I'm like, that's no. disgusting, get that out of my face. No mayo, no salad Do you have cream. salad cream with, like, everything? Like, would you um, have- I've got better. I was terrible um before but yeah a lot of things I my uh when I was at uni it was quite embarrassing I used to like my snack would be a block of cheddar with salad cream on no no no. (laughs) wow now your opinion has gone down (laughs) salad cream cheese rather salad cream cheese at least it's got some 
sauce and condiment You're not very supportive on this. But you know, sauce wins over everything. No, that's me. I'm trying to think of other funny stories of stuff that's actually happened, apart from when you hit me over the face with a burger. A couple of years ago, she shanked them all out about going to my shin. <laughs> I forgot about that, actually. That was pretty sore. Yeah. You were standing in the wrong place and we mentioned that I might... So apparently it's my fault you shanked it into into my shin. It was no, my no, fault. No, 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 it's more... You know when you're, like, standing on a golf hole? Golf, that sounds so weird. And it's like, there's a bush over there, I'm going to hit it in the bush. And it happens. So you were standing quite a tight line. I'm like, you're really close, I could shank it. Shank. It was I like... I've actually still got the bruise. Probably. But Warrior about... mark. It was quite funny. Meanwhile, you were crying your eyes out. <laughs> it was a, I'm laughing, but I'm in pain kind of tears streaming from your eyes. And you're like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Like, what are you more about? Oh, you'll be fine. You just shanked it straight into my shin. <laughs> no sympathy. No sympathy. Ah, oh, you're all right. Well, you're fine. Looks talented. Yeah. Play a little game with you two or basically how well you know each other these are like some random golf questions from the past we'll see I, I never know how well people know each other I did this with Anna Magnuson and uh I didn't get one of them got zero out of three but uh <laughs> it's a low bar so you're gonna be fine we'll start with Tara's pass so the Hannah's questions okay so, nervous, nice. No, don't we? Really, don't. Really. What <laughs> first? Since being a member of the LET Access series, how many top ten finishers has Tara had? Oh my god, last season. I've only had one season. Yeah, I know. I'm going through the season in my head right now. It's making me feel really bad. Because I'm going to say a number, and then it's like it's not going to be right, and it's going to be the wrong way. Do you not think I'm good? <laughs> That's what you're going to get. I'm trying to write my brain now. Two. Two. Incorrect. It's three. That was horrible. I told you I'd get it wrong somewhere and you'd get in trouble for it. What award did Tara win in 2015? 2015. Oh, this is going to be like Borders Sports Year or something. Correct, correct. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> You're shocked I got that. I actually was. I was like, I'm I do actually remember that because I was graduating that summer, that year. Yeah. Now, recently, Tara on an Instagram video for the LET Access series, shout out, everyone go follow it. What is Tara's favourite thing about Scotland? According oh, to that is like the meat, like the meats and the food, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? The meat. Like the fresh Angus steaks. steaks. Like you can't go wrong with a good old bit of Aberdeen Angus. Correct. Yeah. Two out of three. That's strong. Thank you. Thank you. Tara, are you ready? <laughs> I've been giving her abuse that whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get them wrong. a member, how many top 10 finishes has Hannah had on the LTX the series? 
I don't even know what stats. This is actually only your third year. There was none of my first season, FYI. Right, thanks. I'm going to say... Five? <laughs> Incorrect. Six. Oh. Oh, it's done, by the way. Nice. I it's been so five. Is it as many as that? What's her lowest round score yet on the tour? Just on the tour, I don't know in general. I'm going to say... Uh, you've got a 65 in you. I'm gonna I feel say... like I've had one on tour. 66? 67. Mm. Last year of the season last year. You've then. easily got a 65 in you this year. Thanks, Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> and what year did Hannah represent Team GB at the World University Games? It must have been your last year, uni. Must have been. You graduated uni in 2015. When is uni games? like? That's between January and graduating so i'm gonna say 2015 i get a bonus point for no much term pro <laughs> bonus point there we go well you guys know each other quite well so congratulations thanks we're done better than the swedes that's good yeah yeah at least i beat kareen <laughs> um so that brings us to the end of the podcast because sadly because i've enjoyed chatting to you guys i could chat to you guys for a long time but i like to finish with you guys giving your best advice for players maybe people who want to turn professional uh, those interested in the access series what can you both advise oh, oh i would say that you've got to constantly just keep having fun no matter how hard things are how good things are as long as you're having fun and enjoying what you're doing, that's the most important thing. Obviously, you've got to work hard. You've got to do all that things in the background that nobody sees. Um, but you wouldn't do any job for a long time if you didn't have fun doing it or enjoy doing it. So if you're enjoying what you do and enjoying the process of what you do, that makes it a lot easier. So as long as you can have a laugh and take things, you know, funny at times, that's, I would say, is my biggest piece of advice. Don't be too serious and too hard on yourself all the time. I agree with that. But mine would also be, like, we're kind of the epitome of it's, like, never too late and to do things on your own terms. If something doesn't, like, if something doesn't feel right to you, it's maybe not the right thing for you. And I turned pro at the perfect time for me. Um, somebody turning pro at 17 it might have been great for them but um, I just knew that I wasn't ready and I'm so much happier knowing that I did it everything on my own terms and like I said it's not too late to start start achieving and doing what you want to do so that would be my advice mm -hmm. I, I agree with that, that as well mm -hmm. it's the first time you'd agreed with me no I was agree with you <laughs> Well, thank you guys for taking up your Sunday evening. Um, and I'll see you out in Switzerland. We'll do. We'll see you in there. Shorts and t-shirts. Absolutely.
Shades on, looking cool. Remember to take some peritin. I got horrendous hay fever there last year. So if you've got the same, just make sure you've got some peritin with you. Nurse Cookie. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank me later. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks very much for having us on. Thank you all for once again tuning in to the Let Us Golf podcast and a big thank you for this week's guests, Tara McTaggart and Hannah McCook, for sharing with us your golfing journey, your highs and your lows. I now cannot wait for all the action to start up again in Switzerland next week. Follow all the action on the LET Access series on LET Access on Instagram, TikTok and Twitter and the LET Access series on Facebook. Well, I really enjoyed that chat. If you did too, well then show your appreciation by rating, reviewing or subscribing to this podcast on Spotify, Apple or wherever you find your podcast to give the series a boost and help others find it. We are back next week with our Flumsenberg preview with the one and only Lauren Holmey. See you then. <laughs>